Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello, I'm Kelly Crichton and this is The Reset Room, a new podcast that aims to give you the tools you need to succeed and to answer your questions on your journey to fulfillment. If you missed the first couple of episodes, you can still check them out. On episode one, you'll meet our two resident experts in life coaching and personal development, the dynamic duo of Kay Woodburn and Amina Walker. On that episode, we covered all the challenges we're facing in re-emerging into society and going back to the workplace. So there was some really excellent advice in there. On episode two, with Kay on hand dispensing advice, we discussed fear and performance and how we can identify that fear, where it's coming from and deal with it rather than giving into it. I'm very pleased to say I'll be joined by Kay or Amina each week to look at a specific area of personal challenge when we will tell you how to navigate life's hurdles and hopefully set you on a path to eternal fulfillment and success. So this week I'm joined by Amina Walker. For those who haven't listened before, Amina has 25 years of coaching experience and has seen it all when it comes to personal growth challenges and helping people perform under the pressures we face in life. And whilst everyone is different, this experience means Amina can understand, hear what's often not said and get beneath the layers quickly. Hi Amina, thanks for joining me today. Hi Kelly. Today it's all about taking stock and considering is it time for a change? Assessing your situation and happiness and any moves or changes you need to make as a result. I think this is a pretty timely conversation, Amina, because, you know, what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, re-emerging back into the workplace and society. So the question is, when do you think is a good time to have this sort of life checkup? It's an interesting one, isn't it, Kelly? But you know what? I don't think there is a right or a wrong time mm. to start mm-hmm. really assessing your whole situation and where you are in life. That said, being in lockdown has really allowed us to think to really think about are we where we want to be or not and Mm. you know had it not been for lockdown we may never have had that particular opportunity to do this and traditionally I see um I I talk to people who are in this kind of where am I going situation Mm -hmm. at new year so it's new year's eve Mm -hmm. it's new year's resolutions it's now I'm going to take stock um and I'm going to think about my year ahead do I want to make some change but mm-hmm. we've all got that opportunity now. We've all had that opportunity now of a lockdown. So whilst there's no right or wrong time to assess your situation, um, it's an opportunity time for everybody. So take it. If you are mm-hmm. brave enough, take it. And being brave is, I think, one of the key factors in all of this, Kelly. Mm-hmm. No time like the present, they say, isn't it? Um 
So yeah, my experience would be like a lot of people when they go through something significant or maybe a bit traumatic in their life, like losing a family member or a separation or something like that, it can sort of be a catalyst for them. Mm -hmm. Is that something you would have experienced? Yeah, absolutely. Because it just makes you reassess everything really, especially when if you've lost someone or you've um, you've got divorced or Mm -hmm. you've been made redundant, they are they're life-changing experiences, really, and they cause us to shift our way of thinking quite dramatically. And one of the things that I, I talk to people about when they're in those crucial moments um, in, in life, fast forward, fast forward a year, fast mm. forward five years, 10 years, would you be happy at that time if you were in exactly the same position that you are now? Same job, same house, same partner, Mm-hmm. living the same way because if you'd be happy in five ten years time then fine carry on if the thought of that absolutely fills you with dread then mm-hmm. something and you know this something has to change the question is what is it mm-hmm. and is what it is your it? Partner? is it your job yeah. is it you know and so you've really got to think about which bits of my life it was you know, at the root of it, which mm. bits of my life are really causing me for this angst, is really causing me to feel the yeah. pain that I'm going through. And I guess, you know, is it like each of those things individually or as a collective, are you a bit overwhelmed? And like, what is it that needs to give way to sort of let you let you breathe, as it were? But yeah, they say change is as good as a holiday. Would you agree? Is all change positive in that respect? You know, even change that seems like negative at the time, maybe, maybe is a good thing, but we don't we can't see it. Yeah, do you know what? Um, I think that a lot of change that feels very uncomfortable, painful, we don't want to do it. Those kinds of painful changes are often the really good life-changing ones because they push us out of our comfort zone and we wouldn't normally move out of our comfort zone unless we we were forced to. Mm. So if we're forced out of it because something's happened that we didn't expect or we don't want to happen, then we are all of a sudden we're out there and we we are forced into a situation where we have to think, where am I going? What am I doing? Um, And you have to think about um, making that transition in your life. And what I always say is every day, and this, this is quite painful to hear sometimes, every day that goes by, your life clock is ticking. And that sounds really harsh, but it is. It is. It is for all of us. And so quite often we think, I'll do it next week. I'll think about it tomorrow. I'll plan it next. I'll plan it when I've moved house. I'll plan it when I've moved job. I'll think about it tomorrow. And we put it off, we put it off, we put it off. Before we know it, we get to an age where we think, uh, if I'd have done it 10 years ago, mm. I'd be all right now. But I didn't and I wish I had. So the whole regret thing comes in. Yeah. And I think personally, I've experienced like friends who've gone back to uni or whatever. And you think, oh, my God, four years, how are you going to do that? And next thing they're graduating, you're like, where did that time go? You know, four years seems like a long time, but like it's not. And to be where you need to be or want to be at the end of it, it's worth the sacrifice, isn't it? I think if if it's going to make that difference. And I heard somebody say something um, a few, in fact, I think I read it actually, and it was, it just really got to me. Um, It was this lady who was in her fifties and she was thinking about whether to take a degree or not. And her friend who she was talking to about it, she'd said, I don't want to, I don't want to graduate when I'm 60. And so her friend said, but you're going to be 60 anyway. Yeah. You're going to be 60 anyway, be 60 with a degree. And I thought, wow, she's absolutely right. You can't stop the clock. So you may as well make good use of the time. I think I heard something last week or the week before about a man in his 90s who had graduated from an undergraduate degree. Like, fair play. You know, isn't it? 
No time like the present and you're never too old. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I love that. And talent is everything and it has no age limit on it. That's the thing. So if you've got it in your head or you're enthusiastic about something or you've got a burning desire, do not allow age to stop you. You're never too young and you're never too old. Absolutely. So what are the steps someone could take then to make some positive changes, do you think? You know, I think um, the, the, one of the first things is to is to get clear about what you what you want in life. And a lot of people say to me, oh, yeah, but I'm an, I don't really know what I want. And so then I would say, well, OK, what do you not like? What do you not want in your life? What mm. are the things that you want to absolutely change? Because then you can filter. Um, and when you filter out the things that you don't want, it makes you think a bit clearer. So try and get some gauge on, on what you want by doing that. And then think about the things that you know you enjoy. Because if you know you enjoy something, then you can maybe explore that further. So start with start with trying to build a picture of where you want to be and what it is you want to do. And then think about your plan. Think about where, where do I need to get to and where do I go from here? And that might be really small steps like enrolling on a course or learning something new or getting my CV ready to look for another job. Or it might be um, looking at housing areas if I think I want to move. Or it might be getting yourself ready for the dating game all over again. Yeah. So yeah. there are lots of small steps you can take along the way, but try and get it clear in your head first about what is it you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And is this something that you should maybe involve your loved ones in or, you know, people that can maybe support you on the journey? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yes and no sometimes, mm. because sometimes those who are closest to us um, might resist their change. Judgment, yeah. yeah, and their judgment mm. is clouded. Because they they know us, they, they they also know what we like and what we don't like. So therefore, their their view is going to be biased. Mm. Um, and sometimes our loved ones and friends tell us what they, they think, think we, we want, want to, hear. to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah because they care about us, so mm. they're going to say nice things, mm-hmm. um, even if we need to hear something that's a bit more brutal. Like, mm. you know, go for it or stop messing about or leave your job. Um, you know, they'd much rather comfort us and say, oh, stick with it. You'll be fine. You'll, you know, you'll, it'll, things will pick up. You'll be happier. And that's not always the right advice. So I think it's, I think it's good to take a judgment call on that because sometimes you can tell your best friend everything and your family mm. nothing. Um, mm. And sometimes it's, you know, it's the other way around. Just be careful that the, the most important person that you listen to is yourself. Yeah, because, absolutely. you know, you know, in your gut what's right for you and what's not right for you, even if it feels uncomfortable, um, it, it, it will feel right for you. So don't don't be careful not to be held back by somebody else's view or judgment on where they think you should be. And I suppose if you go down that line of I did it, maybe it didn't work out. You're not going to have any regrets because if it was something you wanted no. to do, at least you tried as opposed yeah. to never knowing if you never do it, you'll never know. So, yeah, yeah. So but is there at the same time, you know, is there a risk that someone is overreaching or thinking too much about something? You know, that's sort of like someone who's sort of 90 percent happy and then they're like, but I'm not completely happy. You know, should I? <laughs> I don't know ditch the day job and go travel the world and leave my family at home and I don't I don't know you know are there situations where maybe we need to kind of have a talk into ourselves yes and you know in 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 life there are always ups and downs so there are days where everything feels awful and there are there are days where everything feels wonderful so you think well you know I'm glad I didn't make a change because actually I'm all right really but it's mm. where you get consistent days of not feeling good 
um, and you get long periods of time where you're thinking, I'm not happy with this situation, mm-hmm. whether it's my job, my partner, my home, wherever it is, where I live. Um, if it's if it's going over a period of time, then you kind of know that actually this isn't just a whim. This isn't just a one off. I really am unhappy with this now. So I think um, I think that's when you've got to um, reason with yourself and think I need to make some kind of a change. And, you know, um, are we ever 100 percent happy? Um I, 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 I think, uh, you know, as a human race, we have so much choice. There is mm. so much out there. There's so much to do. And we were almost driven to not be happy because there's always something more, always something extra you can get or, you, you, you know, you can do. So I think as far as happiness is concerned, what I always um, talk to people about is, what have you got already? Mm. What is it that you are happy with? Because there are millions out there who do not have what you have, mm. or they're not they're not as successful or as strong or as lovely as you. So don't ever lose sight of what you've got already, because at least if you've got that, you've you've got the the, the gratitude, I guess, of of feeling happy about what you've got. And yes, there's always more you can have, but you know, I coach people who are millionaires. And they would ha- they have seemingly everything that anybody could want, but yet some of them are not happy. They're desperately unhappy. So once we think, if I win the lottery, I'll be happy, there is lots of evidence to say that that will happen. Mm. You will be happy about being able to pay your bills. You will be happy about being able to go on holidays. But after all that's done, mm-hmm. then your happiness uh, when it comes to money um, is is not dependent on that. So happiness comes from the inside and mm. how you're feeling about what you've got and where you are and being grateful. It's interesting because I, I think it's the sort of modern world problem of being faced with uh, advertising constantly and social media and advertising via influencers and all that kind of thing. It's, you know, it's we're constantly looking at Look what! Look at all the stuff you can have that's going to make your life perfect, and you think that's the case, or subconsciously at least that's what's being projected, and it's kind of all-consuming. You know, it's around you all the time, and then it can be a harsh lesson to learn that all having all these things isn't ever going to make you happy, and that the things that make you happy are probably a lot simpler. And I think maybe lockdown taught us a little bit about that. Perhaps, hopefully, yes. hopefully, yeah. When you have nothing, when you can't go outside, when you can't spend money or you can but online, but it's not the same as, you know, when you can't go out and do the things that you normally do, you learn to accept what you've got. And you learn to accept that, well, at least I'm healthy. At least I've got my heart. At least I've got my family. So you come right down to what's really important are the things that you've got around you at that time. So I think lockdown has been a great leveler for us because even people who've got lots of stuff, you know, they're, they're forced to thinking about, well, what what are more important things to, to me in life than anything? And it comes down to the small things, the simple things. But you're right, we're faced with too much choice. And then we fall into the comparison trap. The comparison trap, which is, well, my neighbor's got this, so I think I should have it. And oh, they've got a bigger car than us, and ours is really small. And you know, I think we'll have to work a bit harder to get the next one. And oh, my, you know, my my best friend's got a new outfit, and you know, I feel bad I haven't got one. Whatever comparison it is, it it's a trap that we fall into. Um, and then that nasty word should comes into it. I should be doing more. I should have more. I should, you know get extra stuff um and it's a dangerous word to use because it means nothing what's important is what do i want what matters 
they're the key words that are really good to focus in on if you're assessing your situation about where you are in life. That's some really solid advice, I think, in terms of, yeah, if you're on the on the cusp of something to just take that time and consider those things. So, yeah, I mean, procrastination is the thief of time, they say, and creativity, Mm -hmm. I would imagine. So I think that sort of like we talked about a little bit earlier, if you're if you feel like something's not right, you need to act, don't you? You do. Don't wait is all I'd say, because remember, your light clock is ticking. So um, don't wait. Uh, bite the bullet and go for it, even if it's a small step. Absolutely. Okay, so we're going to move on a little bit now. We've had some emails in from listeners. We put a little shout out last week uh, to see if anyone had issues in this area and they could do with some help. I have an email here from Peter, who lives in Manchester, uh, and he says, I'm living at home with my parents since the start of COVID. I'm 29 years old and find this can be quite restrictive as my mom still asks me where I'm going and when I'll be back. Uh, and now that everything has opened up, I also worry a little about socialising and putting my parents at risk as a result. I know they will be devastated if I tell them I'm moving out as they have come to rely on having me around the past year and a half. Should I just stick it out until the pandemic is fully over? My mum does make dinner for me and that's a bonus. (laughs) Bless him. Well, Peter, that's a really good question. And, you know, I don't doubt for one minute that there are many, many other people that have got a similar kind of quandary as yours. But I will say this, Peter, firstly, your mum wants you to be happy. Because that's what parenting really is all about. You want your kids to be happy. You want them to thrive. So underneath what you're seeing is a a desire or a fear that you're not going to be happy or you're not going to be safe. So that's her fundamental um, worry, I suppose, and concern. And if she thought you was becoming more, more unhappy and more frustrated with the situation that you're in, that would bother her. So I think the first step, Peter, would be to find out, to think about what do you really want? And talk to your parents or talk to your mum, you know, you know, if she's the one that you need to talk to most about it. So think about what you really want and talk to them about it, because um, you've got to get out in the open, Mm. because the longer you bury it, the more it's going to bother you. And your mum will sense that because mums are very perceptive. The second thing I'd do is... um, you're still the son, so they're always going to worry. Even if you, it doesn't matter what age you are, they're always going to worry. Mm. So just keep talking to them, mm. keep them informed. Because sometimes what happens is that um, kids of all ages, they 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 might even live under the same rule, but they don't talk, communicate enough with uh, the family. And so then all the doubts start to creep in. I don't know what he's getting up to. I don't know what she's thinking about. So talk to them. Keep them up to date with where you're at and where you want to what you want to be doing and where you want to be going and help them to help them to see what you see that mm-hmm. you want to branch out move out or start to th- to think about moving on a little bit in your life um and and if you can give them a bit of a an estimation on time how soon or how long do you think you'll be in the family home for before you're going to be taking that step so that it's not a sudden last minute thing Mm -hmm. and they've got that to deal with so give them some time so that they can reason with it I think that he might be waiting for a long time for the pandemic to be over really we don't I mean fully over it might take years and years you know so you're right he needs to maybe put a time frame on it and I get what, what um, Peter, I get what, you, what you're what you thinking about in terms of safety. You don't want to put your parents at risk. And I think, you know, be 
be as we should all be, be sensible. And mm. if you're going in, don't let this stop you going out because you're young, you want to enjoy yourself and your parents would want you to enjoy yourself too. But you've got to be careful. You've got to keep yourself safe. You've got to keep doing the mask wearing wherever possible. Um, and obviously that's your choice. But if you want to protect your parents, then, you know, then do you have a choice? Think about that. You've got to get the balance right. And, and obviously keep keep washing your hands and, and all that stuff. Life has to go on, yeah. but keep doing the things that you can do and keep testing regularly. And then if anything should happen, if you happen to uh, get COVID, you can deal with it straight away and immediately separate yourself in some way. So don't worry about enjoying your life. Just think about the safety element. There's no need to just stay put forever. I think that's an age group who were one of the worst affected, you know, people in their 20s and 30s who are used to socialising a lot and going out and being mm. with friends. And yeah. and that was so obliterated. You know, if I had been like 23 or 24 going through uh, the lockdown, I would have been miserable. Now, it was hard for everybody, but I, I think when socialising is such a large part of your life at that age and to yeah. have that completely swiped away for so long, you kind of understand mm-hmm. people just wanting to go back to a bit of normality. You know, you see clips of people on TV excited to get back into nightclubs. And while it's not for everybody, you can totally understand it. You know, it's absolutely it's really, really. And you know what? It's, it's, it's going to bug Peter more and more as time goes by. If he feels penned, penned in or held back and he's going to feel resentful and Mm. that's not going to help him it's not going to help his situation at home with his parents either so I think you've got to start living a bit Peter just be careful but you're young get out there enjoy a bit of your life but keep your parents informed um, so they know (laughs) what's going on I can say I and I can say this because I'm a parent, so I'm I'm thinking as a mum at the same time. I'm sure they'll have him back for a Sunday roast as well, so you can get the dinner in. That might be an idea. Oh, listen. And I was going to say, bigger conversation, of course, is about moving out, isn't it? So I think, you know, you've just got to be honest. You've got to be open. Um, and, you know, you've 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 just got to talk to them about, about your plans and, and keep them informed. And one of the things that would please your mum is if you talked about in the plan of moving out, of how often you're coming back for that Sunday roast and how yeah. often you're going to come back and have that meal together. Because if she's got that to look forward to, mm-hmm. that will keep her happy. I'm sure it will. And it'll keep you happy too, because think of all the lovely food. Who would want that? <laughs> Absolutely. So there you go, Peter. Just move in a few doors down and everything will be fine. <laughs> Good solution. <laughs> so we have another email here. It's from Sarah in Edinburgh. She says she absolutely loves her job in advertising. She's been there for five years and she has had... Uh, for five years and has had a promotion and pay rise only once. She's good at her job and works really well with her clients, probably in a capacity that is actually above her pay grade. She feels she may be taken advantage of as she uh, has seen other employees promoted that are not as capable in her opinion. She has only ever worked in two different jobs and is afraid if she broaches the subject with her boss, she'll be shot down. What should she do? Mm. Yeah, that's a really good point. And you know what? I think this is probably going to be quite common at the moment because there's lots of people who are in the situation at work, whether they're toying with the idea of, I've got a choice now. Do I really yeah. want to stay here or mm-hmm. or do I really want to go? And, you know, so there are, there are, there are seemingly more opportunities out there as a result of um, lockdown and stuff. So this is a really good time, Sarah, to be thinking about this. 
But you know what? It sounds like you're doing a really good job, Sarah. And I think one of the biggest reasons why people get promoted is because they're consistently going over and above Mm. what their job um, expects them to do. Um, It's not necessarily about working more hours. So I don't want you to think you've got to, you know, do loads of extra hours to prove a point. It's more about senior responsibilities, being more proactive, doing things that's not expected for somebody in your role. So I think the first thing to do is to start with confidence. That's self-confidence. How confident are you mm-hmm. that you're doing those things, that you're doing those extra senior things? Not necessarily more work, just more senior responsibilities. Self-belief is important. And sometimes people get promoted because they have that air of confidence over other people. Mm-hmm. So, And that gives people... Um, reassurance that they can handle the next job up. So start with confidence and start believing in yourself. And once you've got a bit more confidence and you know you're good, then it's time to be brave and talk to your boss. Because I think it's time to ask for feedback because quite often there we can see ourselves in a certain way, but other people see us in a different way. And whilst you see yourself doing all of these things, your boss A might not be seeing all of it, or B, might not be seeing it the way you do. So be really confident and talk to your boss. And a, and a good way to talk about it is to say, you know, I'm really ambitious. I want to get on. I really want to be able to um, do more in my role. So can I have your view on how you think I'm doing and what you think I need to do to get up to that next step? So be open about ambition. You know, say, tell me. Tell mm-hmm. me what I'm not doing that I could do because I'm going to do it. So I think be brave. It's interesting because that when I read that, I thought to myself, well, what is the reason they're over, she's being overlooked and yeah. other people chosen? And I think perhaps confidence might be something, you know, as you say, and not just confidence in what she's doing or her work, but like that sort of almost air of confidence you need to sort of exude as well to be respected, you know, almost. I wonder, is there something in that? Yeah, sometimes people are really, really good at the job. Um, but they don't believe they are. Mm. And when you don't believe you are, you don't give out that air of confidence that you're good at your job and that you know what you're doing. And and when you when you become more senior, we, we need our, our senior staff and directors to have that air of confidence about them because you need to be able to look up and trust them and know that they they know what they're doing. So confidence is a big chunk when it comes to promotion. Um, and if you look the part, you look like you're a senior, you look like you're a director, there is far more chance of you being promoted to that job because it looks like you're almost doing it already. So that plays a big part. And whatever feedback you get from your boss, you know, just take it, take it with um, an open mind because remember, you only see things from your view. You don't see it from somebody else's view. And whatever your boss says, you know, take it and say, right, I'll, 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 Start doing that. I'll get on with it and and ask for help if there's some stuff in there that you really are struggling to do. But put it into practice, Sarah. Be consistent. Prove how good you are. And then it's impossible to ignore somebody when it comes to promotion. And I suppose ultimately, if for whatever reason you are being overlooked, I mean, for all we know, there could be sexism or ageism or something happening as well. You can always leave. You know, as you said, um, Amina, it's there's it's a job hunter's market at the moment. So absolutely. And you know what, Kelly, that my final my final point really for Sarah is that what if 
What if you have a boss who you can't relate to, you don't mm-hmm. get on with, there's just mm-hmm. something that's not right, or you genuinely think you're not doing, um, you're, not, you're not getting what you should be getting. Know your worth is what mm-hmm. I would say. Be clear about how good you are, what your strengths are, what you know you're capable of doing, and start looking. Because no job has to be forever. It's all good experience or whatever you move on to. So move out of your comfort zone. That's going to take some confidence. But when you move out, you grow. So the more you're moving out and and moving into something different, the more you're going to grow. And there's every chance you'll be able to take on something bigger. So don't fear what might go wrong. um, Because what if it goes right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's two sides to every story, isn't there? Absolutely. And yeah, it's it's from the sound of her email, she's quite happy there. You know, she likes it there. But sometimes we can maybe get a little bit comfortable, too. And the thought of going somewhere else and starting afresh and all that can be a little bit daunting. But again, I would say my experience, you know, talking to other people over the years is that generally it's a good thing and we're back to change is a good thing. I honestly, I haven't met anybody who has made a change, even though it's been really scary, mm-hmm. who have looked back and wish they haven't made the change. Mm. Um, and I think the, the the secret is to enjoy, enjoy, get most out of what you're doing now, but then move on knowing that there's probably going to be something better along the line. Um, and you can always look, don't ever look back with regret because it's all good experience, everything that you do. Um just don't be scared. Just start moving and you'll start to build your confidence along the way. And sometimes some bosses genuinely don't see enough of what people are seeing. Um, and therefore they don't, they're not, they're not appreciating you enough. And, and it can cause us to feel not valued and unhappy in our jobs. And that could be all it is. And from a practical point of view, we have just come through a pandemic. You know, I guess business was a little bit volatile there for a while and maybe employers weren't in a position to be offering promotions, etc. So maybe that's had a bit of a knock on, you know, maybe if nothing had happened like that, maybe she would have been promoted by now. So there's all these kind of variables as well, I suppose you have to take into account. But yeah, look, hopefully that will uh, give Sarah some assistance in her decision making yeah, process so. and uh, Sarah make sure and uh, write and let us know how you get on <laughs> yeah do I do <laughs> if you do have that conversation so I suppose to summarise today feel the fear and do it anyway uh, it harks back to what Kay and I were talking about last week and managing fear but achieving at the same time okay Kelly so I thought I'd leave everybody with just a few points that could probably just summarize um, assessing your situation where you are now and and maybe what you can do about it. So the first thing that I'd want to leave everybody with is that the past does not dictate your future. So just because you've always done something or you've always done something a certain way doesn't mean you always have to. So forget how things have always been. Start afresh and think about what what you want them to be like. Mm -hmm. The second thing is don't ever live up to other people's expectations. Live up to your own Mm -hmm. because that's the only way you'll find real happiness and you'll be able to live with yourself. Um, You've got to live your life and you have to live it every single day. So make what you do count Mm. and really to a certain extent, forget everybody else's opinion. Mm. Listen to yourself first. The third thing is have more fun. Mm. Haven't we learned so much over the past 18 months? So throw caution to the wind a bit, live a little, dare yourself, surprise people, surprise yourself. Just get a little bit of wow factor into your life because 
we've learned so much. And if one of those things isn't make the most of your life, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. The next thing is think about what you really enjoy doing and how can you do more of that, either incorporating into your current job or or doing a completely um, new one. And if that means not being with the partner that you're currently with, be Mm. brave and think about that too, because this is really all about enjoying your life. Finally, if you're looking for love, attractiveness starts on the inside Don't ever get too hung up on what you look like on the outside and start changing to suit other people. Look the way you want to look, but be happy from the inside out and make the most of your strengths and the the characteristics that you've got and the personality that you've got. Because when you're happy and you're likable and you show interest in other people, all of a sudden you become the kind of person other people want to spend their time with. So I hope those things will um, summarize things that will help them to think about where they are um, and what they need to do in order to move forward. And there really is a little bit of soul searching to do, um, but start with yourself because you can't get any better than that. Make yourself great again. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you for joining me this week, Amina. Uh, We'll hopefully see you back in a couple of weeks. Yeah, wonderful. Thanks, Kelly. Nice to talk to you. Next week, Kay and I will be talking about mindfulness and everyday habits that can help you perform. If you have a question around this or any other area of personal development for that matter, you can drop us an email to kelly.crichton at jpimedia.co.uk and we'll endeavour to get you the advice you need. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Reset Room. You can follow us on Twitter at National World and on Facebook at National World UK. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and tell all your friends about it if you're enjoying it. Uh, The Reset Room is a laudable production produced and hosted by me, Kelly Crichton. Our resident experts are Kay Woodburn of grittypeople.co.uk and Amina Walker, who you'll find on aminawalker.com. Ciao for now and speak to you next week. Bye.